welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks, and there are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk, or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gay and queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaternetnow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. France is back in the house, and season two brings us 11 new queens vying for the crown. So who will take it all? It's time to talk about everything we know about Drag Race France 2. And joining me to do so are Maxim and OG Fag. Welcome. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Ça va? I don't know. You just said I don't speak French. Ça va bien. There we go. Ooh, oui, oui. All right, so um, let's see. How much French do, do the two of you know? Un peu. Okay, let's say uh, little. Je parle français. J'habite à Lyon um, pour six mois. So I, I, I did a study abroad in France in college. So I get, I get around. So Ooh, I guess the question is going to be, are you putting the captions on while you watch this season? Very much so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yes. All right, some of these girls have like different accents. So, you know, one of them was from Switzerland. I have no idea what she's saying. When she was like, this we, I was like, what? Yeah, I I mean, I I, I had a couple of people comment about how like it was hard to understand Rita Vega during Drag Race Belgique because uh, she has a very specific accent and and we're going to have another French Canadian this season. So um, the things we're going to learn. But as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people who give the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on the podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. All right, now that that's out of the way, Drag Race France season two. I'm excited. I loved the first season. Um, we got some incredible lip syncs. We got some fashion. We got mm-hmm. Nikki Doll. And we're going to get some of that back this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Je suis excité, which translate, which, you know, sounds like I'm excited, but actually it's translated into I'm horny. Well, um, listen, the way that Drag Race all over the world this year has gone between Vania Vania on Drag Race España, Alexis Michelle on All Stars 8, they're all fucking horny. They're all so, so true. Um, I don't know who's going to be the horny queen of this cast, but I guarantee you there's going to be at least one. Gotta be. All right. Well, let's go through the facts before we begin. Drag Race France 2 will premiere on June 30th on Wild Presents Plus in the U.S. and worldwide while airing on Slash in France. This season will once again be hosted by Nikki Doll with judges Daphne Berkey and Kitty Smile. And it has been revealed that the premier guest judges will include, include Nicholas Serkis, and Christina the Queens. 
Word. Pretty good start. Um, I always love to ask, what do you want to see out of the season? And behind the scenes, I always use my um, previous uh, notes and, and like copy paste and redo it. Um, I haven't changed anything because I didn't get what I wanted last season. So this is what I want and hopefully we'll get it. Um, I, I want the inevitable Moulin Rouge can-can runway. Just give me the, mm-hmm. a, a night of can-cans. But you know how we do a ball. Here's here's my idea for a ball. Ready? Saint-Tropez mornings, Bordeaux afternoons, Paris nights. Give, give me, let's, let's go through the country. Let me learn about France. And I think you can have different looks for that. Um, that's what I want to see. And I want to see more good, fun lip syncs. Um, OG, what do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, definitely always looking forward to the fashion and the looks. I'm thinking of season one and just some of the iconic things a lot of them did, but especially Lolita with the balloon and the party reveal. That's probably one of my favorite Drag Race looks ever. So looking for people to deliver more of that. Um, Definitely also some food content too. Mm -hmm. You know, I love all that, like with the baking and the this and the that. Let's get some more of that happening in there. The French vibes. So I feel like those kind of things. Maxim, what's your favorite French food? Uh, Oh, that's a great question. Um, The onion soup, if it's done well. Okay. Okay. Not escargot. Uh, Actually, I am a big fan of both escargot and the frog legs. Pass. Not for me. Uh, I'm not adventurous like that. I'm not. I can't do it. Um, Max, there is a see? French dish that is absolutely disgusting called Andalouillette, which is basically a stuffed intestine baked in heavy cream. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. All right. What do you want to see? What, intestines. What, what? I definitely don't want to see it. No, no intestines ever. Um, <laughs> I agree with OJ. I want to see some fashion. I mean, France is the fashion place. You know, I want to see, I want, but I, I just don't want, I don't want to see just like references of like, oh, this is a vintage Mugler. I want to see that French fashion essence. Like I want the girls to come out and show us. Why are you calling out La Grande Dame so hard like that? Listen, I was low-key calling out Nikki Doll in her original season, the episode where she went home. Um, love you, Nikki. That, that you know, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> But what I want to see, I really want to see some French uh, divas. You know, I want to see a night of thousand Dalidas. They gave us a Dalida lip sync for the finale last season. But I want to see some Edith Piaf action. I want to see some Nerey mm-hmm. Mathieu action. I want to see some more Milan Farmer. I know they had Milan Farmer uh, runway last season. I want to see Lara Fabian. I want to see Celine Dion. Give me all of these French iconic divas. Okay, so here, 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 here we go. Go with me on this journey right now. We'll get Edith Piaf, but the lip sync has to be Padam Padam. Kyle <laughs> <laughs> no, Piaf has a song called Padam Padam. Yes, yes, yes. But imagine if they do the I, I, as a drag artist, I have a dream. I want to take those two songs and mix them mm-hmm. into one. It's, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, it's the same Padam Padam. There, the way the things you can do with Padam Padam, including like you, you can take the Law and Order um, uh, sound and make it Padam Padam. Like that, there's so much to do in a drag mix. Y'all drag artists, like fucking do it already. I want a night of a <laughs> thousand Padam Padam. Take them all. Yeah. Um, oh my god. That, if the rumors are true about um, Drag Race Down Under, I'm gonna be so happy soon. We're gonna be so happy, and there's gonna be a tour. She said she's teased it. She's coming to America. She's gonna do it. She just um, Kylie, Long Island. 
I, I know when, she, but she hates America, but she's going to do it. She, her, her, her team said, no, you have to do it. The, the gays. She like loves the, the gays. She loves the gays. Okay. Um, enough about down under uh, the Australians. We're talking about the French. I just love learning about the culture and the art. And I, I think we're going to continue getting that. Um, I mean, last season we had a little teaser with some like drag Kings on this show. Maybe we'll have another reappearance of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I think it's going to be a fun season and we're going to know it's going to be a fun season because we're about to meet the Queens. Now to avoid any potential spoilers, rather than discussing the cast through predictions, we will go through the cast by excitement points TM. We have each given the cast excitement points TM from 11 for who we are most excited for and one for the one we are least excited for. I've tallied up the points and we will go from who we are least excited for to who we are most excited for. Now this is a disclaimer. This doesn't mean we are not, actually excited for you it just means there are people who were a little more excited for um everyone is great and and my favorite part is always knowing i'm wrong and, and the things i say is wrong and that's why we do this podcast because i can listen back to it in a couple months and be like wow you're an idiot um so that's what i enjoy are you both ready to meet the queens je suis très prêt absolutely all right so here is the queen that we are least excited for. Um, OG went with one point, maximum two points. I gave her five. I'm a little more excited for her. Uh, it's the baby of the cast. It is Vespi, 23 years old from Lee. And now just letting everyone know, I'm going to read a little bio that was through the press on certain articles. So go with me, if you will. Uh, I didn't write these choices all right starting her drag journey three years ago vespi's name comes from her admiration for wasps particularly the appreciation for their waist vespi is a true beauty and style queen who is a big disco lover in the french drag scene she quickly made a name for herself and her breathtaking looks and has been featured in prestigious advertising campaigns for mac and visa and a guest appearance in emily in paris vespi says she has a superficial and narcissistic side that she fully embraces. She describes her drag as flamboyant, extravagant, glamorous, and pretty. She can sing, dance, and did eight years of aerial fabric. And she says what she does best is look pretty, as Audrey Hepburn once said, elegance is the only beauty that never fades. She has seen every season of Drag Race. And I'm like, oh my God, me too. Does that qualify for me for Drag Race? All right. My question of the season, because I always have to have a burning question, she's the baby of the cast, and with that much ego, does she have the power to hone in the superficial narcissistic side while staying focused on the competition? Okay, one point. You're not excited for her, Max, and let's talk about Vespi. I, it's, it's, as you said, it's not that I'm not excited for them. I think that this is a fabulous cast, and usually the season two of a franchise is a great cast because you know all the girl, all the bi- all the famous girls who were too afraid to go in season one go in season two. Um, I just I think that she she's very pretty, she's gorgeously stunning. But she came out and she said, you know, I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty, I'm so pretty. I was like, don't tell me you're pretty, show me you're pretty. And you know what? Absolutely. As Bianca the Rio said, you know. Beauty fades dumb as forever. That's true. Um, now, I don't know if you saw OG out of drag. Uh, Vespi likes to paint on a mustache. Very French, very Parisian. Uh, what are your thoughts on Vespi? 
Yeah, I think you were you were reading it back in the bio. It just the word pretty just keeps coming up. And again, no one is going to debate that she is stunning. She looks amazing. All of that. But there are just so many other dimensions that need to come into play if we're talking about a serious contender in drag race. So I think that's what it is. Like I I enjoy hearing all of the range of the skills that she has. And I'm hoping that she's able to really bring that. But yeah, this notion of like being a little bit on the younger side lots of pretty, lots of just looking gorgeous, all of that, you know, on paper and with having a lot of maybe an attitude, a little bit of confidence, all of that ego doesn't necessarily translate well to how well you're going to perform on the show. So I just, as it played out, I was just least excited. Now let's talk about her look. Um, Promo shoot, obviously we are going monochromatic for each queen. Um, they also told him, no, no, no sparkles. You are going flat. So I'm not blaming the queens for that. We're going to blame production because um, drag needs glitter and sparkles. And they got none here. That being said, the look is by Amari Paris and hair by Eugene Silvestri. I'm going to sit predict. She was very much inspired in drag by Cam Hugh because I cannot see any other face besides Cam Hugh on her on her mug. Um, not a bad thing, not a bad person to be inspired by because the bitch is perfection. I kind of love this look. I kind of think it's a power boss move to do um, this kind of look. She's got an incredible body, pants are power in drag. And the fur is just so playful. I kind of love this look. OG, what do you think? Yeah, I actually agree with you, which is kind of funny because we are just saying I'm the least excited to see her on the show. But I really, really love the promo look. It's giving me very clueless vibes. So it's very in that kind of vein. And I agree with you. I think the way that the orange looks on her, it's just, it's really stunning. So I do love the look. I think it was a great choice. Maxim. I mean, same here, you know, I'm least I'm she's like my second second least excited. But then I guess when her face came up in the Meet the Queens video, um, the drag is dragging. You know, the body is perfect. The proportions are great. The weight is there. The legs are long. The like this is somebody who is attention to detail is on point. Um, I have no beef with this look, you know. Yeah, I think this is great. It's a toot for me. It's a toot. Definitely a toot. Audience, 85% toot, 15% boot. All right, Vespi, um, listen, we are excited about the, the pretty because you are pretty, but give us more than pretty. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to be, we're going to get there. Now, um, she's the youngest of the cast and um, who we're second least excited for is the oldest of the cast. It is 44-year-old Ginger Bitch uh, from Nice. Born in Caen, Ginger Bitch is now the queen of the south of France. Ginger resides in Nice, and while she's only been doing drag for three years, she has quickly stood out for her ease with the microphone, which opened the doors to many establishments in Nice and all over France. Though her, through her drag, Ginger Bitch wants to show that there is no age or physical criteria to make your dreams come true, and that everything is possible when you take a chance on yourself. Now, she says she always gets parts for big girls, and she says that she's curvy, not fat, as there is, there is a difference. Her strength in, in drag is her microphone. She says she can sing and hopefully she can host as that she has her talent as humor. Okay. Um, one point for me. One point for Maxim. Eight points for Ochi. Eight points. 
Yeah, I'm like, um, I was so on the opposite end of the spectrum on this one. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, first off, what I would I do want to comment when I first saw the full cast, I was a little upset. I was like, why is there no big girl on the cast? I do not see her as a big girl. I know comparatively <laughs> to some of um, to some of them, she's she's on she, she, she plus size, but I think she's right when she said she's curvy, not fat, because there is a massive difference, especially in drag. Mm-hmm. That being said, OG, talk to me about Gingerbread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really excited. I think she has one of those mugs that looks familiar, if that makes sense. Like it's a it's a drag face. Very like. <laughs> it's a drag face that I feel like you do see a fair amount. So, I mean, the mug isn't necessarily the most distinct, but browsing through her Instagram and all of that, I feel as though there is a nice amount of range to a certain extent in the makeup that she does, in the looks that she delivers. They don't always seem like the most expensive, but I think that's okay. So I don't know. I feel like looking at the overall package, I was like, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what Ginger's going to bring. So I had a very positive reaction to just what I'm able to discover and peruse based on her uh, internet presence. Okay, so 44 years old, started drag three years ago. If we do math, that means 41. Um, that's kind of cool. I, I I think that's that a part, cool thing. Yeah. My question the season is, she's the oldest in the cast. Can she keep up with the kids? Um, does she know how to use the TikTok and the Twitter and the the uh, Instagrams? What did you call know. me? <laughs> Max, what, what, what do you think about Ginger Bitch? Uh, I hate her. I gave her a, zero, a one. No, I'm kidding. Again, this is a fabulous cast. Just be, just going based off from what I saw in the Meet the Queens, she she is the least polished, and it does and it looks like her drag. She is the least experienced in her drag, and it kind of showed to me again, like the proportions, the hair, the makeup. It just all seemed again, especially comparing to all the other girls who just are like gorgeous even vespi um it, it was just she she was the outlier for me in terms of the aesthetic all right so her look is by amaral adams hair by wigs to blue isn't it funny that the oldest queen of the cast is wearing a baby doll dress um irony not lost in me but i think this is a very cute look it's very youthful it's very playful um, I love all the ribbons and, and it, again, it looks really cool in photographs when she was sitting in the meet the Queens, didn't love the proportions, uh, cause they were a little heavy with the shoulders. Um, but I, I think it's a fun look. Next, what do you think? Well, that was, that when I found out that she is the oldest one, I, I kind of gagged because she looks so young, the energy and the look is giving you full. So I agree with you. I think maybe it's probably was a deliberate decision on her end to kind of play with expectations of age that way. OG, would you wear this? I feel like I don't think that I would, to be honest, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Again, it's kind of like the opposite. Like we were saying before, least excited for Vespi, but love the look. This look I'm not as obsessed with or into. I just feel like the shade of the blue things get a little bit lost and the shape, I don't know. It's like not doing as much as it could. I don't think it's as flattering on her as it could be. That's fair. I mean, baby doll dresses are very hard to pull off. Right. Exactly. Um, I do think she's got a great mug. Um, I, I kind of like this look. I'm here for it. Um, Cause it's a bold move to go with <laughs> blue tights. Um, but Hey, this is what they were told to do. 
Uh, I'll give it a two. Boot. I'm also going to boot it. Wow. The audience says you both are wrong. 82% to 18% boot. Yep. Your okay. audience is nice. <laughs> they were, <laughs> They're too nice. kind. I love my audience. <laughs> They're choosing right. kindness. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, once upon a time, we had two queens known as Sugar and Spice. This season, we're getting another duo. And coming down here, it's, it's Rose, 32 years old. Paris-based Rose has a day job as a psychologist. Not only does she have 20-year friendships with contestant Punani, the duo have been performing partners for a decade. Punani and Rose will be competing against each other for the first time ever, and legend has it that Rose got her drag name from the town she grew up in. Rose was a theater performer until the age of 22, where she mostly played female characters with exaggerated personalities. A true queen of comedy, Rose uses her acting, talents, and viral social media sketches, especially in support of organizations that are close to her heart, including AIDS, October Rose, and France Alzheimer. Now, Rose and Funani are a dra- drag duo. Together, they are child best friends, starting drag in 2013, and performed in big venues around France, such as Queen Club Le- Nouvelle Eve, La Gatte Lyrique, La Machine de Moulin Rouge, and Le Grand Rex. She says she is a queen of humor, improvisation, theater, and many things she forgot. At least she has a sense of humor. Okay. Let's talk about Rose, and let's try to talk about Rose solo, and then we can get into Rose with Punani, and we'll do the same when we get to Punani later. I'm not impressed with Rose. It's so hard coming into the season as a duo. But everything that I'm seeing about her just seems like she doesn't care that much. Um, but I guess when you have a day job being like a psychologist, it's hard to like put yourself out there completely. Um, my question this season is she knows psychology. Will she be able to use her knowledge of mental health to keep herself sane during the pressure cooker known as drag race? Because that's a real thing, right, OG? Oh yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. You know, there's so much that's involved in it and there are so many elements at play when it comes to the competition. So I think that's really real. But yeah, exactly like you were saying, it's just, I was a little bit less excited for Rose just because I wasn't getting as much as I would have liked to. I wanted more. And then like you were saying, I know we're trying to talk about them separately, but I do think it's hard with at least an initial impression when you're coming in as a duo, it feels as though it's a little bit more difficult to get that sense of the individual's personality and what's going on with them a little bit, just from that very little that we're able to get, you know, from the introductions, from the promo shoot, all of that. Now you gave her two points. I gave her three points, maximum the highest with six points. What are your thoughts on Rose? I am actually quite enthralled by her. I think he's really, I think she's really beautiful. I really am enjoying this look. I love the hair. I love her drag. I feel like I understand her drag point of view. And um, well, we're going to talk about Rose and Punani in a bit, but I thought that, you know, just, I guess in comparison, I, I understood her point of view. Was she the most exciting one for me? No, but I think she is very polished. The drag is, you know, doing it right the proportions are correct the material is beautiful and i really the only thing that maybe i would have liked a little bit more jewelry but also maybe it was kind of a a cool move on her to just be like no i have these um curtain you know how you call those things these necklace 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 give me a fucking necklace um (laughs) look by taylor's hair by la potre 
Um, you are right. I think the proportions are beautiful. The look is beautiful. The fabric is beautiful. I now, okay. I know how these shows work. Sometimes you got to adjust the, the hues, um, to make sure it fits with the family of colors when you do your promo looks and everything. When we talked about Drag Race Mexico, there were two queens. When you look at the Meet the Queens and then you see their promo looks, you're like, those are not what they're actually wearing because they adjust the colors. Um, I think they adjusted certain things here because her skin is white. Like, it is almost like you could see through it. I don't think that's real, but it's making the red pop. And if you look well, at the video, it's a little pinker. So I'm very confused well, what they're trying to do to this girl. OG, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to make us not excited? I know. It kind of feels that way to me. Because exactly. It's just like, for me, like you were saying, I think I wanted a little bit more of a necklace or a this or a that. I mean, the, the massive earrings are wonderful. I love a good earring. And especially when they're draggy earrings, that is just the best for all occasions, not just in drag. But yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, your, your rose, you're wearing all red. I get it. It's like, that's the vibe. How confusing is it going to start getting for promoters and everyone uh, when they just start being like, Drag race is Rose, and then it's actually supposed to be Rosé. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, how many? I remember, like, what, two years ago, we had, like, three Electras mm-hmm. in one year. Well, and I'm more so also... saying that, like, I still cannot tell you how to put, put the little asterisk sign thingy over the E uh, when I'm typing. So I always, when I would so always like write Rose for Rose. So it's going to get confusing for people. Cause I'm sure I'm not the only person who doesn't know how to use a computer. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I don't know. I have, I really do think the silhouette is beautiful. Um, it's the necklace. It's, it, there's so much real estate that that something's got to go there. Um, I, even on the, the, the gloves, which are stunning, like, Give us a giant diamond. Give yes. us, give us a moment. Um, I, I'm thinking about making new merch, like um, where, like having a T-shirt that says "Where's the necklace," and also um, maybe a photo of like Joan Crawford saying "No more exposed corsets." Those are the two merch ideas. That I'm <laughs> you do about. hate an exposed corset. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, but this is not an exposed corset. I, I think this is fine. I needed more, and that's when I'm going to go a soft boot. Yeah, I think I would do the same. I I agree with you. I think it's totally fine. It's lovely, but it just, I would have wanted maybe just a little bit more of something, just a little bit of a pop to put it over the top. So I'm also going to boot it. Maxim? I'm a tooted because I would wear this entire look. You should. You deserve it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Rose, Rose, can I borrow it? Audience, very mixed. 44% to 56% boot. Okay, so we're next queen. Um, I had it. I only gave her two points because I was not impressed with the Meet the Queens. Um, Maxim gave her four points, and OG all the way toward the top at ten points. It's Mami Wata from Saint Denis. Mami Wata started performing drag in Ivory Coast, where she is originally from. A law student now living in Saint Denis, she quickly has her love for drag guide her life. Mami Wata, Wata has already disguised, distinguished herself. In the House of La Dorie, the first French ballroom house, where her inspired looks and performances are as sexy as they are powerful. After the ballroom scene, Mommy 
joined the most iconic Parisian shows. Her drag name comes from the African goddess who provides deviant behaviors. By chasing, by choosing to wear the name, she transforms what is considered a curse into liberation. All right. She and Kiona are the first contestants in the Drag Race franchise to be of Iverian origin. She is part of the legendary House of La Durie, the first French ballroom house, where she walks in drags, face, and lip sync categories. She is also part of the Parisian chapter of the impeccable Kiki House of Versace. She is a law student, also has a master. She has all the moves. She can dance. She can sing a little. Uh, notice how they put all that auto-tune on her. Her dances include African dance, strip jazz, voguing, and hands. And one of her talents includes farting on demand. All right. Okay. Relatable. Oh, gee. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a La Durée macaroon? I have not. Mm-mm. We have there's two libraries in New York, one on Upper West Side, one in Soho. Highly recommend. Oh, okay, I'm here for it. Um, OG, you're 10. 10, 10 excitement points. What about her excited you? I know. I'm like, here we are again. I just feel it at the polar opposite end. Well, and honestly, I'm like hearing that whole bio. Maybe it was just a connection with like this deviant energy. I'm just yeah, really that. that. Like there's a vibe that's connected. I mean, I see what you're wearing right now. So exactly. I'm like, hey, you know, so exactly. <laughs> you're just mentally on that same plane. But I mean, also, you know me, I'm always first and foremost about the looks. I'm a look queen. I love all that energy. And so that's really what did it for me. I mean, just like looking over her Instagram, scrolling through that feed. Again, similar to almost what we were saying before about Ginger, not the most polished by any means and not necessarily giving a great sense of just like what maybe the real aesthetic is overall. But it's just so different. It's so interesting. And it feels very distinct from a lot of the rest of the cast. So I think that's what I was considering as well. Like, what does an individual look like they're bringing versus what does the rest of the pack look like? And it, it just that's feels, fair. yeah, it just feels as though mommy is bringing a very different type of vibe and some really potentially interesting dynamic vibes overall in terms of look aesthetic all of that so i'm super excited i'm ready all right so my burning question for her is her drag seems a bit on the more basic side will she have surprises that will get her to the top of the runway maximum talk to me about mommy wata i i i loved her interview she has great energy even though some of it was giving me like she was trying a little bit too hard for the camera i wanted her to just you know take a breath and like kind of like smile at us and just you know be cute um i'm just not a big fan I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the photo right now and i am not a big fan of this drag i don't like not to sound like michelle visage but just like pat a little bit you know what i mean i know that she's trying to go for this like oh i'm cunty because like i am like an inch away from showing you my bare pussy but you know if you're gonna tuck you know you might as well just pat the this jacket is eating her neck um the bag looks like she got it from le pardue which is a mall in Lyon, at like a cheap store the dog is just kind of already like a cheap trick that we've seen many times i love the hair i think the hair is really cute i think the mug is very soft um so i just think to me it just needs like bigger lashes bigger hips more neck just 
drag it up. You know, this is a promo and it looks like this is like a cute look that she's going, you know, on a Thursday night to a club, you know? Be slaughtered Big Bird. Had all of Big Bird to use, but couldn't even complete the miniskirt. Um, the look is by Lucille. Hair by Manly B. Nails by Marine. Um, listen, you can do streetwear. We have seen streetwear in a promo look from last season. So it amused, slaughtered it, and one of the best looks we had in the promo. This is not working for me, and that's why she dropped so many points. Um, it's it's that little slit that I'm like, okay, you're serving sex. I get you're skinny. You can wear whatever you want. I just wanted her to try harder. Also, yellow is not the easiest color to play around with. So if she was either assigned this color or what, she, this was going to be an uphill battle for her. I think neck up is the only part I'm excited about with this look because the, the mug is flawless. The hair is fun. The choices. Maybe maybe fur was part of the, the, um, the prompt that they all use fur. I don't know. Uh, right. OG, would you wear this? I mean, I would not just because I don't look like that. <laughs> like if I had the body for that, I think I would. I mean, I, I agree with some of the notes that it looks a little bit in some ways unfinished and it could be a little bit more polished. But yeah, I mean, I'm like pretty obsessed with that wig. Like that is so everything and it's so great. And I honestly do appreciate, even if it's something that's been done before and feels a little bit played out, like the little dog purse is so funny to me. I love a cute little campy touch like that. So I think I'm more on board with it. And I think as we were saying too, right, like yellow can be a little bit tricky, but I'm like, you went for it, whether it was by choice or not, but like you went for it, you know? So I don't know, I'm kind of here for it. My tea, if you're going to get a dog, why get such a small dog? Get like a dog that is like the actual size of a dog. Very fair. Like a Frenchie. Like a, yeah, or like a Chihuahua. I'm going boot. Boot. I'm tooting. Audience, no, no, they did not care for it. 25% toot, 75% boot. But I want to like her because she does seem like a fun time gal. We'll see. We'll see what she's going to bring. Oh, I'm sure, like, on a Friday night at the Rosemont, like, she (laughs) is a blast. Yeah. (laughs) All right, next up. um, This queen, I gave 10 points. And then the two of you sank her. Three points from Maxim, four points from OG. It is Sarah Forever, 33 years old. Um, Originally from Boudoir, Sarah Forever has been involved in the world of drag for almost three years. As a performer and choreographer, her clothing and routines mix popular culture and experimental worlds together. Sarah was introduced to drag for the first time while performing in La Sacre de Printemps Arabe, a piece by Merlene Saldana and Jonathan Juliet, and has had only one desire since to continue to perform in drag. Drag also represents her social revenge, coming from an environment without gay pride and where going on stage seems inaccessible. Sarah wants to show that anyone can follow their dreams no matter where they come from. Sarah Forever has also created a one-woman drag show on the topic of success inspired by her mother. Uh, We will learn in her Meet the Queen She Loves Pigs. And when people see her, they think she's crazy and they're partially right. Her drag is called Absurd, Performative, and Political. She has a working class background and doing drag is a way to thumb her nose at people. The 80s inspire her a lot in terms of freedom momentum. Her special talent is she can move her ears and she can sing. 
All right. My question of the season is she's a quirky one. Does she have the style to match the quirks? I think I've had her so high because I just love me a theater queen. Um, it's rare to have theater queens outside of like the US or the UK when it comes to drag race. And I was like, here we go. Here's my theater queen. Um, oh, gee, you disagree. Four points. Yeah, I, I feel like some of the ones that fell a little bit in this stretch of the middle in my rankings, it was just so hard because there's plenty of them that are very exciting. So I feel as though it just it became very close and a little bit hard to rank. So I will say that. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like just the, I, I want to get a little bit more distinction and I want to get a little bit more of a, a sense of like who she is, if that makes sense. You know, like mm-hmm. looking over her social media a bit, I was just like, yeah, I was getting that there's, you know, clearly some camp, there's going to be some theatrics. So looking forward to that, but it just, it wasn't enough for me to really feel super compelled. Like I want, I want more. That's fair, Maxim. I, she was just, like, again, I kind of agreed that, you know, I had a hard time putting them, to, like, you know, which one is least exciting, which one is more exciting, because I think this is a very well-rounded up cast, and she is a theater queen with a different point of view from everybody else. I just, to me, she was kind of a little bit forgettable, maybe her tone, maybe her delivery, she just didn't catch my attention and especially as somebody like like you know i speak enough french to understand but like it needs to be like pronounced in a way that like i pay attention and to me that was just kind of like you know from a theater queen i expected more like presence and delivery um i also feel like this look is not telling me much about her because or i feel like this look is very much like kind of aquaria gender bending gender fuckery like and that, that's just not what she told that she she said that her drag is political but i imagine it's political more in the way of like vocalizing her thoughts and political views so i just even though this is a fabulous look fuchsia is my favorite color i would have worn this club what worn this look to like you know on top of uh, at Lebane on a Tuesday, hands down, but for a kind of promo, it's just kind of it's all it's all it, it, it's not connecting for me for her mm-hmm. yet. I hope the she proves me is, wrong. The look is by Eddie Core, hair by a wig as you art. Um, I think this is a fun, fun play on material. Um, yes, the color is brilliant. There, fuchsia is just a perfect drag color i've said it before i think it is the perfect drag color like i have not seen a queen ever wear fuchsia and fail me um i I, yeah i see the gender bending obviously it's free of the nipple moment here um but that tie that tie is camp that tie is so stupid it is so tiny it is so campy og explain to me why that tie is so campy it's the proportion and i think it's the proportion in relation to like the corset thing it's just For me, there is so much happening in this look where I was like before when we were talking about Rose about maybe needing a little bit more, like something about this to me is it needs a little bit less. Like the heels, get rid of the heels. Yeah, exactly. Like get rid of whatever's happening on the foot there or like the pants or whatever that is. I'm like, what's going on? You know, so I think we need a little editing here. And then that would really bring it to the next level. And then also like we're talking about, right? Like let those funny camp moments, like a strange proportion tie and just throwing that into the mix, like let that shine a little bit more and really celebrate that. I love this hair. This hair is incredible. It's got that like eighties 
power vibe and it's pink it's i love this hair um also her mug and and just the the, the expression she's giving very very vibing like in the world of detox I, like i can see detox pulling off mm. this face and there's probably this entire look um other thoughts on the look it's 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 a very fabulous it's a very fabulous look like the look itself great just as i said doesn't didn't match the presentation the personality yet it's very runway it's very french runway very fr- well this is and but if if she continues this energy on the runway like she will win me over absolutely um i'll give it a two i'll uh-huh. give it a shoot oh oh okay i really I actually really like this look because future is like my favorite color and she just did it correct oh gee I'm actually gonna boot it. It's it's doing too it's too crazy for me. I'm like, we need to simplify a little bit. We need to take something out here. It's too much. Audience, 60% toot, 40% boot. So they're they're a little on the fence on this one as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's complete the package. We're talking about Punani, 32 years old from Pali. Ah, uh, Punani started doing drag in 2013 at the same time as her childhood best friend Rose. Together, they are the famous duo Rose and Punani, and for the first time, they will have to compete against each other instead of together. As a duo, Rose and Punani became a staple in Parisian fashion and parties, but their presence is especially well known on social media, where they post funny, trending videos highlighting their love of vintage fashion. Ever since she was a child, Punani was inspired by horror B movies, the 80s, and musicals. She is a true visual artist who upcycles secondhand fashions. Punani impresses crowds with her outfits and performances, which mix pop culture irony and extravagance. Outside of drag, Punani has been a recognized photographer for over 10 years and regularly collaborates with French and international press as well as with many artists. Now, her name may be a direct reference to the Jamaican Creole slang referring to a vagina. Punani and Rose, we already know, a drag duo. She says she is cold, charismatic, sculptural, and funny queen all at once. She says she doesn't know how to smile as it doesn't fit with her vision. And she says she is unexpected, very creative, fresh, full of pep, and a cold muse saying, break the ice and inside like creme brulee, you'll find laughter. Okay. Obviously, we're a little more excited for this one. I have eight points, maximum seven points, but OG, three points. Okay, nothing about my the bio I read about Punani makes you excited, OG? No, I, I will <laughs> say that I think it goes back to just when it's a duo, I feel like it's hard to kind of really separate them just at this point. So in my ranking, I just put them very closely together. But I will say that I put Punani higher because I do think that almost a little bit of what we were saying with Rose before where it's like, yes, the elements are there, but they need to be pushed. I think Punani really pushes them, especially in terms of the fashion, the presentation, the looks, all of that. It just, it feels really uh, driven in terms of the perspective. It feels clear. So I really am, I think, looking forward, especially in terms of the duo to Punani a little bit more. And I'm eager to see what else she's going to bring. Maxim, is Punani sugar or spice? Oh, I think, I mean, I would say Punani is spice in this one. You know, she's the more quirky and crazy. I 
So when I was saying earlier, like in 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 comparing the two of them, I understand each other's POV better because they are very different. I feel mm-hmm. like Rose is more like elegant, glamour, ladylike, and then Punani is more like you know down in the trenches, you know, um, in the best way possible. So I also put them very close to each other. I did put Punani higher than Rose. I think that just uh Punani. You know, it's just funny. Like the name is funny. The the mm-hmm. attitude the attitude is funny. Um, I'm excited to see. I'm I'm excited to see what their energy is like. And um, you know, when I said that season two is the season where like all the famous girls who didn't want to go in the season one got on, like Rose and Punani, like I've heard of them going back to when I did a study abroad in in France. You know, they are kind of iconic. So it's really cool to see them on international television. Um my thing is that I don't like this look. I liked Rosé's look better than I like this. I really, really this. I just in generally my big pet peeve. I don't like these kind of flags that people cut, especially in the front of the leg. I don't think it's elegant. I don't think it's sexy. I think it's just giving me like very not even pedestrian, very like country. And um, I guess also like the mesh see-through gloves are the trend alert of the season. But the look is very Parisian. The hair is Parisian. The the bow tie is very Parisian. The gloves are Parisian. So it's like if I saw this photo and people had to ask me like what country this is being this is representing, I would have said France. Look by Romain Desembroy, hair by Shaitan. I'm obsessed with these pants. I want to wear them so badly. I have really good um, calves, so like I would like slay the house down boots. Um, so I would wear these, but then I would like have nothing to wear on top. So I don't think I could wear them. That <laughs> being said, I just love how different this is. I have not seen this in a drag look before, and that's what gets me so excited. And you are completely right. This is the most Parisian look we have in this entire cast. Um, just, just the way the hair sits in in, in white, and, and the the flow of that little dress capelet moment, I kind of think this is sickening. OG, which team are you on? Yeah, I do see what's being said about the pants. Like it's one of those where I feel like they cause a reaction, whether you love them or hate them. You know, right? right. Like, that the pants have that energy. But yeah, I I actually really enjoy the look because, and again, just to do a little bit of the direct comparison with Rose, it felt like it was a little bit more, I don't know, sort of like a familiar silhouette, a little bit more expected, just very nice, but not giving it that extra oomph. But here with Punani, it's like, there's a little bit more of a dynamic element. There's movement, there's energy. Like, you know, there is like not a necklace necessarily, but there's something happening in the neck that like goes up and creates again, that movement and that energy. So I find that to be really compelling about it. I also love that she's giving you a little bit more of a graphic eye um, where it yeah. does play around with the mm-hmm. drag a little bit. Um, I, 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 I'm very excited simply by the look. I, she did drop a couple points for me watching the video because you could tell she's like, I'm that bitch. Um, and I was like, I don't like when people go in that hard, but that's okay. My question this season is she's got her partner in crime into battle. Will she be able to set herself apart from Rose or will being a duo be the downfall? 
this 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 is obviously a very different situation than sugar and spice where everything they did was together every look had to identical be together. um we cannot forget that there was another drag duo that did compete together and that was ketamine and anita wiglet i don't know why we're erasing that uh drag race wikipedia please make sure you put that on there sugar and spice didn't invent the duo thing it was um kita and nita um i think they're well, gonna what, what, what about for a drag race holland too when they had kita minaj and yeah yeah my little pony were well. they also do they were, or they were they, just exes I think they're more exes, but that being said, they did war. They they didn't own a business together the way that Kita yeah. and um, Anita did. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting. And knowing that they have such a following, um, I I will be interested to see if they can be separated. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know how these shows work. They're going to lift sync together once. Yeah. It's going to happen. It has to. It has to happen. Um, her makeup I is like, the best, though, out of all of them. So good. Her yeah, mug her is the best. Really great. This look is a toot. I'm also giving it a toot. <laughs> I'll forgive the pants. Stop toot. <laughs> uh, audience, sixty nine percent toot, thirty one percent boot. All right, let's make some more history. At thirty one years old, from Geneva, Switzerland, it is Moon. Originally from Geneva, Moon is the first Swiss contestant in the Drag Race franchise. She has been involved with drag for six years, and notably within the Geneva Collective, which organized queer parties throughout Switzerland. A well-rounded artist, she considers herself as a creature of the night. She releases all her creativity and unique performances that mix fashion, painting, and lip syncs. As a transgender woman, Moon uses the art of drag as a platform to celebrate trans identity. Today, she performs mainly in Geneva, but also throughout Switzerland, Iceland, Kosovo, the United Kingdom, and France. She also identifies as pansexual. She says Moon is feminine, mysterious, a bit silly, and scary and creepy. She calls herself a creature of the night and is a big fan of horror films, thrillers, mysteries, and anything with witches. She can read cards and has a crystal ball at home. She does not believe in God, saying fuck the patriarchy, and she does believe in an afterlife as she is very spiritual. All right, my question. Can the Swiss bitch be the HBIC, or will she be seen as an outsider? Okay, I give her four points. Maximum eight points. OG, nine points. So we're a little closer closer here. Max, what are your thoughts on Moon? Uh, when I first saw the look, I was not into it. Uh, we'll we'll talk about let me let me talk about the the positive the positive first. As I was listening to her, I was like, he does a lot of he says that she does a lot of really cool things, and I was kind of buying what she was selling. Even though I, I don't really see it in the look, but she was like, I'm into like horror, I'm into like weird stuff. Um, I love seeing a trans woman. I think is always a much needed perspective on that kind of internalized femininity that we need on Drag Race. Um. So her point of view and like the way she sold herself, she really sold herself to me. And just because she is very different from the rest of the girls, she is from Switzerland. I'm very interested to see what <clears throat> that aesthetic is going to be like. The look, though, oof, it's it, it's 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 rough. It's rough. Okay, OG, um, let's do a geography lesson. Where is Switzerland in relation to France? On the same continent. All right, uh, Maxim, do you have any help for us? Can you help us out? 
Sure. So Switzerland is, if you're looking at France, if you're looking at the southern part of France, Switzerland okay. is on the right side of it, bordering it. Uh, so does this mean we're not getting Drag Race Switzerland? It will be the same as Drag Race Belgium. It's like, what language are they speaking? Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting that we have uh, a Swiss queen. Um, I, I don't have any problem with Swiss queens. I just didn't know that they were able to um, apply for the show, but that's cool. Uh, OG, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I feel like this is another like cl- classic. I'm so, so predictable. It's like that energy of just sort of this like creature of the night, like thinking about being a little bit unique, distinct, trying to really bring an artistic, otherworldly perspective to drag. Like all of that are pieces that make me really excited, especially when we see it on Drag Race, right? Because I feel like sometimes Drag Race has the reputation that those narratives don't always have the same um, opportunity to come through and really be celebrated in that way. So I, I just feel like being able to get that sense from a performer and, you know, again, even if you just kind of scroll through a little bit of her Instagram, like the range and the looks and all of that really are very dynamic and seem true to what is being represented mm-hmm. of what she can do. So I think all of that just meshes really well with me. So definitely one of the most excited um yeah the look is interesting you know it's one of those as well where we get into the proportions of like the neck thing being like a little bit large and covering some of the dress and the hips look a little crazy blue was a killer color clearly for this um promo shoot (laughs) yeah yeah and like definitely would you say these girls are blue yeah, like the hair could definitely be draggier. So uh, okay. So speaking of, this is gonna blow your mind, right? Okay. Look is by Amorfose, nails by nails by Becca, hair by Christoph Mecca. Christoph Mecca, the one who does all of Cam Hughes' hair, all of um Nikki Doll's hair. Maybe it's the headpiece Christoph Mecca did, uh, because this is not representative of of of, of their work. Um, that being said, listen. She's wearing the moon. Branding 101. Yep. Perfection. Um, I don't know what's coming off with the moon, but it, it, it's evocative. The proportions beautiful headpiece. Yeah, the proportions of this entire look are just so strange. You called it out before, but these these mesh sleeves, mesh gloves, what is happening? Is that like, where did there was a, the, uh, a sale at the store? Mm-hmm. There was a sale. Maybe there had to have been a sale. And she also grabbed this 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 loofah around her neck needs to go. It 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 just doesn't. It's like why are you wearing a skirt on your neck? And then the hair giving you know the Katy the Katy Perry California dreams kind of um, era hair. But it's also like when you're like it. it but it, this hair just doesn't make sense with this. It's like it's blending into the loofah. It's and I'm 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 insisting on calling it that. Um, it's just. With a headpiece like that, you you can wear something sculptural that goes into your head, or don't wear a wig. You know, let really let the branding, you know, do do what it's supposed to do because that's the first thing we see in the meet the queens. Like you know, we see the head and the moon, but then just like the again, everything from the forehead to the waist is just taking it off. I'm I, I don't mind the hips. I think it's kind of fun, but then like the kind of the the, that jewelry that you can't even see under there and then i really don't like these like the dress on um, you can see that the dress is not lined 
So that's also taking you out the fantasy. And then the bottom is that the, I, I really don't like these dresses that like they're so short in the front and long in the back that you kind of see the shoe and you see the toes just editing. I, th- I think I think her problem is going to be editing. It's really interesting because I feel like when it comes to like Art Deco and 1920s and, and, and Parisian looking elements, the moon is very prevalent. And I think there could have been a way to incorporate um, that, that beautiful moon a little bit further. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit confused by the look. Also, this is me asking as an ignorant American, what is the predominant language they speak in Switzerland? It depends where. Uh, they speak French, but they also speak German, and they also okay. speak Italian. They have three official languages. Not English. That's okay. Um, and, and, yeah. and English and English because it is like Everyone a financial in, in, in capital. Europe speaks English. We, let's, let's be honest. We Americans are fucking terrible. We should learn other languages and, and, and try to communicate. Um, everywhere else is like, that, yeah, we're going uh, to... French gonna people actually don't speak English that well because French are like the Americans. They're super, they're super nationalistic and they're like, wah, wah, wah. No, anglais, français. So... Um, this look, I, I, I can't, it's a boot. Yeah. And you know what, I think think what it is about the look too, now that I look at it even more, one of the problems with the neck piece is that there just isn't life to it. Like you want to do a neck ruffle, like give it some Mm -hmm. volume. It should be perkier. It just, it's lacking that, which that we've been sitting with it. I'm like, that's really one of the killer. It's clown couture. That. Yeah, it's very flaccid. It's not, it's not. Where's the couture? Like, (laughs) fully. Um, So yeah, I'm going to have to, I love the headpiece. I don't want to boot that, but yeah, it's a boot overall. She should have taken elements of the moon and incorporated on the dress. Mm -hmm. Audience, 56% toot, 44% boot. Now our next queen. If you add the two of your scores together, it would equal mine. Because I gave her 11 points. Five for Maxim Six for OG. It's Kiona from the Ivory Coast. Kiona began in drag by dancing and voguing in the Parisian ballroom 10 years ago. She is now considered a legend in the French ballroom scene and is recognized worldwide for her explosive stage presences and her strong, strong fashion taste. Her drag name is derived from her niece, who was Born two years before she started in the scene, Kiona has been performing in Parisian cabarets with King Chefs and Drag Queens since 2020. Kiona was also part of um, the show Nickel, which played to sold out audiences throughout France in late 2019. Kiona and Mama Wati, Mama Wati, Mommy Wati are the first contestants in the Drag Race franchise to be of Ivorian origin. She is the mother of the iconic house of Revlon, where she walks drags, performances, runway, and face categories. She is part of the Parisian chapter of the iconic Kiki House of Juicy Couture, and she went on to compete with her house in the third season of HBO's Legendary, where they ended up in third place. She is featured alongside her members of the house, Vinny and Gigi, as featured dancers in Just Dance 2023 edition, and she will be the second Drag Race contestant to be featured in Just Dance game after Lolita Banana. She says she is the season's charming and sexy girl. Okay, so let's talk about it. She has the television experience and star power that the others lack coming into the season. Will her experience soar her to the top or will she have a higher bar set? 
Max, what are your thoughts? Um, I did give her a five. I just had to place her somewhere. I just, I'm, I am excited to see her. She was, she was very fierce, and very energetic, and such a presence on, uh, legendary. Um, I is, I, I do find it's very interesting that the seasons, um, two black girls are not both just from the Ivory Coast, but also both come from the ballroom. Mm-hmm. See, so I'm very interested to see what that dynamic is going to be like, and if we're going to get some good like ballroom cattiness, catty drama. Um, I am just not a big fan of this look. I don't like the colors of the dress. I don't like the color of the hair. Uh, I don't like the color of the blood, the breastplate in the in the video. I Meet the queens, you just really see that it's like really doesn't doesn't match. Um, and I just felt like if you're coming in. You know, as this international mother of the house and somebody who's been on TV before, you would go more than just a dress made of traps wrapped around your body. I mean, we've seen a queen come in with straps around her body and everyone lived for it. Locks, locks, locks. Um, <laughs> OG, did you watch Legendary? I did. And so actually, that's a great segue because that's what I was going to say. I feel as though I wanted to put her towards the top half of my rankings because I'm very, very excited for her. But I do feel like for personally in my ranking, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of know her already. So she's going to fall somewhere in the middle because I'm just familiar to a certain extent because I've seen her on my television before, you know, so I think with her more than anything, that's what came into play with my ranking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like you were describing, right? We get fashion, we're going to get the ballroom. She's a sexy icon. So I feel like I appreciate that about her promo look is that it it gives a little bit of that. It's very revealing. The skirt clearly creates like some movement to make it also have that different element incorporated. So I am very much excited, but yeah, just having that level of familiarity with seeing her already on TV, I was like, okay, she's going to be in the top half, but not at the very top. Her look is by Kayan Ray, Nails by House of Tokyo. I think this is a fun, cool look because again, um, we're getting elements that we've seen before, but used in a different way. Um, the, the, that girdle, the, like the straps are so cool. Um, it's the color. The color is the problem. I don't love the color. It is not flattering uh she got handed a very terrible color here um and then pairing it with that light lime green hair is just it's not the best that being said that green eyeshadow is making her pop mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. really really fun and i love it looks like she's heels. wearing minty makeup you know it does. yes yes mm-hmm. um i really love the heels i think those are so fun if you're going to do straps make them fun straps so at least those are cool um but i i do kind of dig it because she is like i know who i who i am and i know that i'm going to be the best and you're going to love me right but yeah i don't know i'm i'm, I'm excited to see what she's going to do we've seen contestants be on other television programs before and then come on to the show and sometimes it's a benefit sometimes that's not i don't know how it's going to be for her other thoughts on the look yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I would just say that I, I agree with you. I think um, similar to almost what you were saying about Moon, the wig feels like it could definitely be draggier. Like there could be some more volume. There could be another element included that would really take it 
a little bit further overall. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's it's unique enough and I like what she did. So I appreciate it. I just hope you got ballroom girls on the show that at least we educate the audience a little more about, on, on ballroom culture. Yes. Um, Preach. I know there's still controversy about what happened on season 15. People still have comments, but you got the girls here. Nikki, let them do their thing. Teach the, teach the children. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to give this look a soft toot. I will do the same. I'm going to give it a soft toot. It's a soft boot. Audience, I think there's a little bit of see here because they like our 75% toot, 25% boot. Okay, we are in our final three. It's final three time. This next person, well, I a... give her nine points. Maxim give her nine points. And OG, five points for Cookie Conti uh, from Paris, originally from Montreal, Canada. For Cookie Conti, drag is a family affair since she discovered the art of drag with her sister, who also performs. Born in Montreal, Cookie started drag seven years ago. She is one of the pioneers of the renewal of the French drag scene, thanks to her numerous parties, which are now classics of the scene. Cookie quickly became a recognizable figure. She is also one of the first queens able to make a full-time career. Today, Cookie has a successful career in film and television. She played the main character in the movie three nights a week and earned a pre-selection spot for the Césaire Award. Cookie is the first contestant on Drag Race France to be of Canadian origin and joins Brooklyn Heights and Crystal in being the first Canadians to compete on another country's version of Drag Race. She is the first French Canadian to have not originally competed on Canada's Drag Race. She is fluent in English, French, and Spanish. She, alongside La Grande Dame, made a guest appearance in the second season of Emily in Paris. She calls herself the diva of the people, as well as the woman from the movies, a Hitchcock blonde. Her drag is a lot of vintage and glamour references, but has a nerdy gamer side. And as a child, she was convinced that Celine Dion was her mother and her father was Francis Cibrell. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we, you talked about the fuchsia. Here's my teal. Like, this is my color. So I'm... I'm very, very excited about this look, but um, OG, five, five excitement points. Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just, it's if it makes sense, I'm going to describe it as like a, when, you know, when I look at her and see her, I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're doing drag. Like you're, you're clearly very good at it and you've made a career out of it and that's great, but it's like, it. I wasn't getting enough vibes that it was dynamic, super compelling compared personally to energy and all of that, that I was getting from some of the other contestants. So I was just like, yeah, sure. You seem like you're going to do well. I'm interested to see what you're going to do. I'm just going to put you like right in the middle. Um, and I mean, the, the color is fine, but I really do not like this promo look. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of it either. So that it's too vintage for you, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's like too vintage. I do like the hair. I'm here for the hair, but like the dress and all that's, of that. I just had sex hair. Yes, I and I love that, but it just, mm, the, the dress is not doing it for me. So five points for me. Max, what do you think about the French Canadian? Well, listen, let me tell you, as a Francophile, I am very familiar for, for uh, with Cookie Kunti. I thought she was going to be on the first season. So, like, when I saw that she's on the season, I'm like, of course she's on the season. And she is the girl in France. 
I've learned about her because I'm a big fan of Lazara, who's a French singer. Uh, you might know her because she represented France in this year's Eurovision. She sure did. And she, and she was robbed. They they fucking gave her like 10 to last. That was insulting. Um, Not so, robbed to win, though. We, we got the right selection of the winner. Uh, <gasps> nepotism. I mean, I, I listen, I I had like, I, you know, I didn't think that Tattoo is a better song than Euphoria. It was better than everything else, though. Um, I, well, anyway, Evidamon. That was that was my song that I wanted to win. And Cookie Kanti appeared not in just one, but two of Lazara's, Lazara's videos. One of them is Tutanara, which is like Lazara's biggest hit. So um, I am familiar with Cookie Kanti, and I, I just liked her energy in the promo because she's fully aware that she is that girl, but she didn't tell you that, like, oh, I am that girl. I'm the biggest girl in France. I'm the most rare, blah, blah, blah. But you could kind of see with the way she was directing the cameras, like it was giving me like diva energy, but not cocky diva energy. That's that's really I like her in a promo. This look though, mama, there was no steamer, there was no iron. It's just like the skirt, it's like it just I'm just looking in the material. I'm like, if you steamed it, it would have not looked like that. It was just like a really not it was just and again. It, it just it just doesn't look professional for somebody of her standard. I'm pretty sure she shows up everywhere with a drag assistant because she is that girl. So you you know, I I I I actually like the dress, um, except that I wish that the the length of the skirt is a little weird. And I know that they've modified the length of the skirt for this photo because it looks longer in the in the video, um. Again, we're here with the trend alert, the mesh, mesh see-through gloves. <laughs> like so much. But I just, but it's just, I just don't like these gloves. It just, they look cheaply made. You see that uh-huh. the tool is kind of crumbled, and then you don't, I don't need to see the lining of each individual finger. I do like that the shoes that they have that emerald green that matches with the glove. I do absolutely love the hair. I love the makeup. The makeup, like the hair is giving. Cam Hugh and the eyes are looking whomever is doing Nikki's makeup. Um also needs a necklace, like a nice thick, big, like uh emerald, you know, something like Lady Gaga wore to the Oscars when she won the shallow, or like the one that was dropped in the ocean in the end of the Titanic. So that's why I gave her a nine. I'm very excited to see her, but this look kind of did bring it down a couple of points for me. Well, so you brought up Cam Hugh, and I'm going to bring up something, and maybe it's going to be the ter- the curse of Teal, because Cam Hugh wore Teal in her promo look, and she was out early. Um, what if Cookie Cunty is out early as well, like being a big name, and then all of a sudden, uh, so if, oh. if if she's out early like Cam Hugh, no one ever wear Teal for your promo shoot for Drag Race France. You'll, you'll That'll lose. be the moral of the story. Um, the look is by Japhe Planck, hair by Jean-Baptiste Santines, jewels by Laotacine, Bijoutier. I love it. Um, I really do love it. I, I love your commitment to pronouncing these. I'm trying. Names. I'm really trying. I'm. I, 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 I. That's why I warn people. I really. I just someone buy me Duolingo and I'll do every fucking country. Come on. They need to sponsor uh, you. I, they should sponsor. They should. Uh, I really do Corp- love this look. Okay, what, what were we gonna say? No, I was gonna say like if you know corporate price sponsorship, that should be you. Literally, um, I I love the look. I think it's re- knowing that she is a vintage lover. It it fits the branding. the The hair is amazing. The beat is amazing. 
yes, she needs a necklace. Cookie, I like you, but come on. You, you know better. You know better. Um, yes. And get a steamer. Yeah. That's on production. Production should have helped her out there. Um, my question of the season. She's worldly and has a specific perspective in drag. Will it be enough to adapt to the variety of challenges? We'll find out. I mean, I think any acting challenge will probably knock it out of the park. Um, I, she seems like the kind of queen who has not made a look in a very long time, and I am afraid for her for that. Um, you know what's also interesting? She would be considered a plus-size girl in France. Which is fucking this. frustrating, but... Yes. Let's change the narrative. Um, I'm going to give this a two. It's one of my favorites. Definitely a boat. Uh, cookie, you should know better. Soft boot. You might have been the only ones in the minority when we were voting. 89% to 11% boot. Audience is here for it. That's wild to me. Okay. Top two, final two, final two. We are going with Yushay from Paris. Despite her young age, Pichet has a long resume. She is a singer, dancer, actress, and has walked the runway for Gaultier um, uh, as part of the Fashion Freak Show in 2018, where she discovered drag for the first time playing Conchita Worst Lookalike. In drag, she puts to work all her stage and fashion skills, but also her history of gypsy and Algerian origins. Her style plays with gender constructs, mixing ultra-feminine and ultra-masculine, the folklore and the modern. As a dancer, she has performed at the Ballet National de Marseille, the Opera Grand Avignon, and the Full Berger, and the um, Paradis Latin in England, Russia, and Italy. She is now part of the Phantasma Circus Erotica Show. Her drag name comes from the Romani word for phallus. She is a professional dancer and has performed many places. As noted, she is the ninth bearded queen, because we do not include the switch to be on Drag Race, following Madame Manis, Lucretia LaMamba, Venedita Van Dash, La Big Berta, Halal Bay, Danny Beard, Joffrey, and Mocha Bonet. Dancing, got it. Singing, got it. Um... She seems like a fun time gal. I gave her seven. OG seven. Maxim ten. Wait, Let's talk is, about her. we we haven't had a bearded queen on American season yet. Interesting. Interesting. The doors that Milk has has opened and closed, apparently. Don't tell <laughs> Rue. Listen, I, there, there's gotta be something that Rue is afraid of. I don't I don't know what it is, but whatever. Another drag queen on a panel. Um, all right, Max. Um, yes, I am first of all, I'm obsessed with this color. This like lettuce color is so juicy, is so fun, it's so feminine, it goes perfectly with her blonde hair. The beard is perfectly matched. She is just as a bearded queen myself. This is just something that I'm resonating with. This is kind of like I love tool, like. Like if I when when I get on Drag Race in years when I had more experience, this is something that I would wear like a very feminine volume to look with like a full on beard showing her uh, a little bit of that chest hair showing a little bit of that um underarm which I think is a very uh, reflective of our Middle Eastern identity. I think that I'm very here well, well I guess Algerian North African identity. The name is so funny. Um. And it's just, you know, talk about a point of view. This is a person who 
has a point of view, but is just also so perfectly existed on that kind of gender fuck, gender fluid spectrum. I am just, and then again, when she was like selling herself, you know, she can do this, she can do that. A lot of girls in the season can sing. So I hope there is a live singing challenge, not a musical, but a live singing challenge that I, that, that I kind of want to see. Um, she is just, just, I just want to like, Take her chop a pop put some cherry tomatoes, some olive oil, some seasoning, and just like eat it up. Um, so I do want to make one note. Um, obviously, the word gypsy to some people is not a good word. This is a word that she used openly, and we will discuss it with her. It's part of her um background. Obviously, we had the same conversation with Cherry Valentine when she was on the show. Hopefully, we will hear her perspective on that. Um, also going to make another reference here. I don't know if this is going to um, make sense to either of you, maybe to some listeners. Um, but th- she reminds me of um, friend of the podcast, Jessica Rose with a beard. <laughs> Just saying it. Um, Jessica, I love Very that. Um, OG, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, basically just just everything that was said, honestly, like literally just seems like so much fun, a good time gal, can do it all, seemingly has a lot of range. Yeah, the, the promo is probably one of my favorites for sure from this batch. Like it's got great movement, it's got the volume, it's got the texture. Everything is just so well aligned in terms of the hair and the beard. It's just, it's all so like amazing, over the top, exciting drag to me. So just the whole package delivered, like there's no other really way to say it. So definitely one of the ones that I'm more excited for, for sure. Look by Michelle Shibola, hair by Shaitan. Uh, you, you said it, it's lettuce couture and it's beautiful. Um, but it's it, it's got that, you know, can-can style, but it's not. And I think that's yeah. what's really cool about it. Um, one of the only situations where you, you don't need to wear a necklace because of the bust line and how it plays into it. Um, this is styled near perfectly. Um, just having a white heel match the hair and beard, so smart. My question this season, people called her different in drag. Can her hyper-feminine bearded drag take the crown? It's possible. I think Drag Race France is one of those franchises where it could possibly happen. Um, I just wonder if there are other queens who have a little more fuller package that is going to knock her out. That's a little bit of a fear here, but I'm stoked. I think this is so exciting. Um, Now, again... I, we, we mocked RuPaul a little bit earlier. RuPaul has judged a bearded queen before and actually crowned a bearded queen. Uh, but America has just not had a bearded queen yet. And there are amazing bearded queens in America. Like Lucy still, the fucking show already. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Lucy still will get on the show, yeah. So it'll happen. Um, but I, I think this is this is one of the most beautiful and simplistic looks. And, and, and again, proofs, you don't always need to have glitter and and rhinestones to serve exactly and the and the, and the dyed and the bleached eyebrows one of that's commitment that actually works yeah that's commitment um i i am curious to know if we're gonna get white beard the entire season which is i think if you're gonna go with a beard color the white beard is a fine color because you could always dye it and it could be any color you want it to be exactly um i love it it's a toot definite definite toot if she had a bracelet, that would be a shoot. It's a toot. 
Audience, 81% to 19% boot. All right, we've got talked about 10 queens. Let's talk about our final queen. If you've done the math, we are with Kitty Space. Kitty Space is a French drag queen of Vietnamese descent. She first dressed up in drag for a Halloween party in 2019 and hasn't stopped. A professional stylist, she quickly gained recognition for her looks and makeup, each more incredible than the last. Kitty also uses her art to highlight Asian culture and to fight stereotypes. Incredibly, She's incredibly involved in the scene. Kitty now performs in bars, clubs, contests, brunches, festivals, and other drag shows through France. She is the second contestant in the Drag Race franchise to be named Kitty after a dear friend of the podcast, Kitty Saw Claus. Kitty is the first contestant to compete on Drag Race France, who is of Asian descent. She says she was born at a party, drunk as fuck. She was called a drunken space kitty, and there it was. She says she is a kitten. If you pet her, her claws come out. In everyday life, she is a stylist. Her drag, in three words, is dark, Asian, and tall. She calls herself a perfectionist, and she says she does good voices, but um, that Homer voice was a boot. Not, no, no, not, no, 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 no. OG, 11 points. Maxim, 11 points. You both love her. Um, yeah. OG, so, talk about uh, why you're so excited for Kitty Space. Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, come on. Again, like another one of just the, for me, the most stunning promos, like that hair. I mean, come on. It's just like, okay, yes, you are really giving it all. Like, it's just, she really seems like that bitch to me. And it's just, I don't think it's only going to be about the the fashion and giving us some of the more interesting makeup in terms of the looks too. It just feels like there's going to be even more to that package and so yeah I was just like oh my gosh this is really resonating with me I'm ready for it let's get into it let's see it ready to make it happen and I think to just again comparing reds and and the usage of red versus rose and now we have you know uh kitty space doing red to this feels like more how you want to do it it's like very interesting shape in the upper bar- body. There is a necklace. We've got the element of the hair going to also create some height. So yeah, the package was just really selling it. I'm super, super excited. My question this season is, will she be seen more than the token Asian and be respected for her glamour? Um, I will say, based on everything we've learned, she's, she, she, she's the fashion queen. She didn't mention anything else. Uh, we know how that works on Drag Race. That's usually the kiss of death. Maxim, why are you so excited for her? Well, you know, she did only talk about fashion, but I got that she is very witty, very quick on her feet, based like on that on 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 her Meet the Queens. She was she kept me engaged. She she did what? Uh, which one of them was a theater queen? Which one was saying that she's a theater forever. queen? Yeah, that's what, so what I said to Sarah forever, she wasn't giving me in like different level. She wasn't like luring me in with her personality from a theatrical point of view. Kitty Space did that. I really enjoyed her entire video. I thought she was funny, witty. Um, you know, somebody telling you that you're, and what is it, an eternal kitten, something like that at a party and you turn it into a drag persona. I just thought that that just speaks to her mind. Obviously, the look is just, Oh my god, just the hair alone. Yeah. But also the gloves. And again, she did the gloves, but they're not meshed. So she's winning this episode. Um it just everything is very cor- everything's very correct. The makeup is 
probably the coolest makeup out of all of them. It has that really graphic eye that I really, really enjoy um, when I see on a lot of Brooklyn girls. I think she, I think to me so far, she looks like she has the complete package based on what we saw. Look by Pippa Just Pippa, hair by Alastair de Mericotte, jewels and gloves by Kitty. She made them herself. Um, yeah, I think this is a really interesting look. It's very, I mean, listen, she's a stylist. She knows fashion. She's giving you fashion references. Um, she is standing out because there, she is doing something no one else could do. If you remember from last year's promo shoot, there was someone else who had a very intriguing um, hairpiece. Her name was Paloma. And what did she do? She won. So maybe that's the trend. Maybe don't do teal. Maybe you do a cool headpiece. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she is exciting. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of high toots for her throughout the season. I am a little scared to see what else she can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, exciting to see a, a queen of Vietnamese descent. I don't know if she's um, born in France. Obviously, we know how uh, someone like Lolita was treated last season. I hope that doesn't happen here. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, Lolita was treated poorly and they said, okay, fine. You can have your own television show. And look where she is. Uh, so she, she's doing okay. But yeah, I think she's really, really cool. Um is this look what I love in drag? No, but I can appreciate it. Um, I'll give it a two. Two. Yeah, I would absolutely for sure. I think I will give this one a shoot. And then I also just wanted to mention too that her Instagram grid has a post that's of the Barbie movie filter. So I'm like, you're getting me there. You've got me. There it is. There it on is. the Barbie movie promo too. Like that's cherry on top. This bitch is it. Um, Audience, 69% to 31% boot. They were not a fan of it. That is so wild to me. Like come ha- literally the hair alone. <laughs> You've got to be joking. Would you wear that hair? Yes, Absolutely. All right. Um, as and the bodysuit with those titties. Mm. Right. Uh, as everyone knows, we always end this podcast by talking about the Instagram count. Um, any predictions without cheating? Who do you think has the most Instagram followers? Bonani mm, or Cookie? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say just because of maybe longevity, notoriety, et cetera, I would also say Cookie would be my guess. All right, here's what we've got. Sarah Forever, 4,295. Ginger Bitch, 5,264. Mami Wata, 6,851. Moon, 8,527. Piche, 11.5K. Kitty Space, 12.4K. Vespi, 19.2K. Kiona, 33. 8K. Cookie Cunty, 36.3K. And because they actually do share an Instagram, Rose and Punani at 52K. Mm, um, the sharing, yeah. I'm very interested to see how that sharing is going to go when it comes to um, sharing what happens throughout the season because kind of like the fame games, you got to curate it and keep your looks on there. What what happens if one of them gets eliminated? Are they not going to keep keep it up? 
Um, because if you look at theirs, it's very curated as well. Like they, it's almost like one side is Rose, one side is Punani. So I'm very interested to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, I was having that thought too. I was like, are they really not going to create separate accounts for the show? I mean, I guess they haven't felt the need to previously. So I guess the answer is no, but yeah. I, I mean, was even thinking- Sugar and Spice have different accounts. Well, right. And that's why I was like, other duos have separate accounts and you're on the show competing individually. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I mean, I remember there was um, during the casting portion when people were trying to speculate who was on, people weren't sure if they were both on. One of them was on because they went dark and that who was on is it both of them. So no one knew. Um, but here we are. We're excited, I think. I think this is a fun we cast. Are. This is going to be a really oh, yeah. cool cast. Um, I, I, again, listen, I'm excited for Nikki Doll. That's what I'm most excited for because I love right. that bitch. Now, I do want to point out one thing. Um, I don't know if people have seen it yet. Have either of you seen The Crown and Scepter? Oh, so yes. hideous. It's, I'm like, what are they doing? Who did that? Why, all I'm going to say, say is go go, go call um, Amps Accessories. He, he he can do it for you. This looked like broken chain put together to create poop. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's like such a very bizarre choice. It's just like there aren't even really words for it. It's just like to whoever wins, I'm sorry you have to wear that. See if there's maybe an exchange policy. Right. right. Can I get a new one? Um, or maybe she can break it into pieces and throw it to all the girls. Uh, it already yeah. looks like it was broken into pieces. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. All right. Any final thoughts? Deconstructed. To, to, to wrap up this podcast, OG. Just ready to see the new season, ready to get things rolling. Let's see what the Parisians bring. Maxim. I hope that this season just really shows the world the the French drag and the French culture that the French themselves are hyping themselves up to, you know. French are known for that, so let's give it. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. All right, where can we find you both? On social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Maxim? You can find me at Maxim underscore Fab. The project that I would plug is that I am now working as a coordinator for Rus LGBTQ. It's a Russian-speaking queer nonprofit operating here in New York, and they're helping a lot of refugees and asylum seekers who are coming from the post-Soviet region. So give them support. We do amazing work and can always have a little bit more of a boom. OG? Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at OG double underscore Fag, and Really, what you can find me doing is working on that promo not paid for the Barbie movie, because that's really what I'm into these days. Cannot wait less than a month away. So if you're following me, be prepared for a lot of Barbie content. That's what's on the horizon. What if it's the worst movie ever? I would really need to like take a couple days probably of just being in solitude to digest (laughs) that because like I'm literally so hyped. My friends have been telling me that I am probably the one working on promo the most not getting paid for it. (laughs) I've really created a lot of my identity this year, especially this summer around the movie. Um, And also I already got tickets to the earliest screening possible, which is on the Wednesday of the week that it comes out. So I'm like, I'm all in. So if it's bad, I will be devastated. All right. Well, we'll find out. Thank you (laughs) for being here. Great time.
<laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. Au revoir.